Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. Faith School is the place where our spirit is fed, our faith grows stronger, and we learn how to be overcomers. Uh, God didn't uh, make any new creations that were destined to be defeated. Uh, every one of us, He gave His Spirit, and His Spirit is the Spirit of the conqueror, the Spirit of victory. The Bible said uh, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. The spirit of faith is the spirit of the overcomer. The spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. So no matter what uh, we're dealing with today or if tomorrow or next week we find out something that we never imagined we'd be dealing with, there is victory for every situation. If we'll look to God, He already knows. So let's come together in faith and prayer and ask Him and believe Him for some answers and for some help for now. Father, in Jesus' name, all of us that are joining for this class all over the country and all over the world, we're asking you for the anointing, for utterance, that you would quicken our spirit and our mind and our, our being and reveal yourself to us and your ways. You said without faith it's impossible to please you, so <clears throat> we want to please you. We want uh, to do everything in our life in such a way that it is acceptable to you and pleasing to you and, and to do things that you can work with, that you can confirm, that you can uh, bless and help. And so we ask you for these things, the next parts in Jesus' name, amen. Go with me, please, to Hebrews chapter 10 in our great textbook, the Bible, and let's continue our study of by faith, by faith. In uh, chapter 10 and verse uh, 35, it says, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. As we mentioned last week, uh, Hebrews 11.1 1, defining faith in Young's literal translation, it reads like this. It says, faith is of things hoped for, a confidence, and of matters not seen, a conviction. Faith is being convinced of things you don't see, you don't feel, you can't perceive with the senses, but you're convinced they're there, you're convinced they're real. Also, faith is confidence, confidence of things hoped for. Now, another way of saying hope is expectation, and it is confident expectation. You know, the Bible said concerning Abraham that uh, <clears throat> against hope, he believed in hope uh, to, to be the father of many nations. What does that mean, against hope? Well, in the natural, there was no reason for him to expect that to happen. 
I mean, he's 100 years old. His wife is 90. She couldn't conceive when she was 30. Um, there's no reason for him to expect for them to have a, a child at this juncture of their life. And yet, though there was no natural reason to expect or hope, he hoped anyway. <laughs> he expected anyway confidently. And we read later in that fourth chapter of Romans, he was uh, fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able to perform. So confidence is a faith word. And we see here, don't throw away your confidence. Hold on to it. He said, verse 38, the just shall live by faith. If any man draw back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. But we're not of them who draw back to perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Then, verse by verse through chapter 11, he, he gives us living examples of how faith thinks, how faith speaks, how faith receives, reacts, responds. So it is worthy of our camping here, not just to log some information in our mental library, but like the scripture says, we have the same spirit of faith. Um, the Bible is not just a book. I mean, it is a book, but the, the words printed there, the words recorded, they, uh, regardless of the language, they are containers of God's thoughts. God's thoughts are spiritual, not just intellectual. And so it is possible if you show respect to the word and you read it in reverence and faith, it's possible and not possible, just possible, but it happens on a regular basis that the spirit of God that's in these words will come into you and change you. The Bible talks about as we behold, like in a mirror, the glory of God, we're changed into that same image that we're looking at from glory to glory. As, as we read about the great faith of Moses and Abraham and these individuals, we're not just doing an analytical, intellectual study. This is spiritual. We're opening up our spirit to this. And we're saying, what was in them, we want in us. <laughs> we actually have in us, but we want it in a stronger degree. We want it to develop. We want it to become greater. And so, um, I mean, when you realize it, it's exciting. <laughs> it's exciting. These are not just a few minutes of reading verses in, in a dry, boring way. <laughs> the, the Word of God is alive. Have you read that? Yes. It's alive and it's quickening, dividing even asunder of soul and spirit and joint and marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Uh, and, you know, thank God for church services and great meetings and even classes like this. But you don't have to wait till the next class. You can sit down in your chair at your house with your Bible. <laughs> and if you'll do it, you know, if you've got a, a ten other things going 
and you're just trying to speed read to say that you read a little bit that day, well, you won't get much out of it. But if you'll give it your complete focus, as you begin to read, uh, the thoughts of God come into your mind and they'll come down into your spirit. And you'll begin to partake of some of the nature and will and knowledge and understanding of God. And you are transformed by this process. You, you don't necessarily see all the results of it that afternoon. Sometimes it can be radical. I mean, you can, you can experience major change in a moment, but especially over a period of time, like we read uh, uh, on last week, uh, not, not last week, but yesterday's uh, uh, class, that when the anointing came on Saul, he was turned into another man. Praise God. The anointing can do that. And the anointing is in these words. And the one who's teaching us, uh, the Bible says the anointing uh, teaches us all things. And uh, we, we know all things we need to by the unction or anointing. We've gotten as far in our study as verse 32 to where we have seen, uh, he mentioned, you know, individuals in these verses leading up to this. But now he gives us six individuals all at once plus others and he says what shall I more say for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon of Barak of Samson of Jephthah of David and of Samuel and of the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms let me read the English version of this the TEV it says through faith they fought whole countries and won they did what was right and received what God had promised they they shut the mouths of lions. They put out fierce fires. They escaped being killed by the sword. They were weak but became strong. They were mighty in battle, defeated the armies of foreigners. Through faith, women received their dead relatives raised back to life. And we saw with our recent study of Jephthah, and same thing with Gideon. Gideon was hiding in a cave, <laughs> trying to hide a little food from the, um, who was it, the Midianites, and, and, and the angel of God said to him, you know, you mighty man of valor, you mighty man, and, and told him he would, be, he would lead God's people to victory. And he said, me? Who am I? My, my family's the poorest in the land. I'm the least in my family. And we've been looking to see how God, on purpose, chooses the weak things, the despised things, to bring to nothing the things that are. And he uses uh, what people would think was the, the least likely to be picked. Why? Because he shows up. He gets glory. And that shouldn't bother you and I in the least. Do you desire that great things happen in your life? Huh? I mean, outstanding things happen. But then people look at you and go, that had to be God. Because I know them. They, they're not that smart. They... They, they couldn't have done that on their own. And we go, you got that right. Yes, it was God. And he should uh, get the glory. It's only honest that he does. And we saw Gideon. We saw Barak. We've seen Jephthah. I want us to take a look at uh, somebody that is more familiar to many of us, Samson. What do you think, class? You ready for, ready for Samson? All right, go back to Judges. The 13th chapter, can we learn anything about faith from Samson? 
Well, he's in the 11th chapter of Hebrews. His faith is mentioned. So let's learn about it. You know, one thing um, I, I like about the, the Bible, about the Word, it doesn't shade or color things from what they really are. It tells you it is truth, so it can't. And uh, uh, for instance, with Gideon, it tells you about his great exploit of faith and leading the people to victory. But right after that, it tells you how he did a stupid thing and he, he made this ephod out of uh, precious metals and people wound up worshiping the dumb thing. And uh, uh, we, the, the Bible doesn't shade it and color it. It'll tell you. Uh, they, they were a great hero of faith. And then, you know, next year, whatever, they did a dumb thing. Well, it can also be encouraging <laughs> that if you did do a dumb thing, it's not the end. God uses people who have done dumb things and made mistakes. And we certainly see that with Samson. You know, if you've read your Bible at all, then you know Samson made some mistakes. But didn't prevent his name from being listed in Hebrews 11. You know, this is one of the great things that we need to remind ourselves continually is that even though we have made many mistakes, they, if we repent and trust in the blood to wash us, they won't be held against us. In fact, they won't even be brought up in the time to come. Is that comforting or not? Uh, the Bible said uh, that the, the Lord said their sins and iniquities he would remember no more. Do you like the sound of that or do you like the sound of that? All, all we need to do is genuinely repent and then receive of that cleansing and washing and then put it in your rearview mirror and do better today and do better tomorrow. And if we really do that, God's not going to be bringing up to us. He's not going to be publishing our failures and our mistakes. Uh, it's not just what you do, it's what you do next. Okay, you know, you know what I'm talking about. It's not just what you do first, it's what you do last. You know, so uh, if you really mess up and fall on your face, the devil will come. I mean, you won't see a somebody in a red outfit with a pitchfork, but thoughts and feelings will come to you that it's over. You've, you've ruined everything. You've messed up too bad. Uh, you know, how could anybody be as stupid as you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The enemy will try to just destroy you with guilt and shame and condemnation. And people are, you know, growing up in this negative world already lean that way. And so if you uh, mess up, uh, people tend to try to, you know, hammer themselves and go, stupid, stupid, stupid. And the devil will come and say, uh, no, that hammer's too small. Take, take this hammer, and he will put a sledgehammer in your hand. And between him and you, he'll destroy you. If you do that, he'll keep trying to bring up every terrible thing and every uh, failure until you just have, you lose all confidence. Did you hear that word? Well, if you lose all confidence, what else did you lose? Faith. You, you have no faith now. 
for anything. You lose all confidence that you can do any better, that, that this could have a good outcome. Lies, lies. I mean, the Bible tells you uh, where Abraham messed up, doesn't it? It tells you when Sarah messed up, right? It tells you when Peter messed up, right? Well, do you think they're crying over that in heaven now? No. <laughs> no. Do you think they bring it up to them every other week in heaven? You know, no. No. So when you get there, don't you bring it up to anybody. <laughs> no. You can fail miserably and completely recover. Hmm? You, can you imagine that Peter, after being so vocal and saying, Lord, if everybody leaves you, I won't. I don't care if I have to die with you. I will never leave you and forsake you. Well, I mean, what, hours later? He's speaking curses and on himself and going, I don't know the man. I don't know who you're talking about. And then when the rooster crowed and the Lord turned and looked at him, oh man. And he realizes, what, what an idiot. You know what, all my big talk, do you think he felt low at that point? The Bible said he wept bitterly. I mean, he was broken. Do you think he could see when he's weeping like that, thinking, what, what, am I, what did I do that in not too many days later, he'd be standing up preaching under the power of God, hallelujah, on the day of Pentecost, and thousands get saved? No, he didn't see that. He didn't see that. But he got over it. He got past it. You can get past it too. So I, I've heard people, I've actually had people tell me before, well, yeah, but preacher, you don't know what I've done. And I, I, don't, I don't have to know I can respond this way. I've told people more than once. Yeah, and you don't know how powerful the blood is. Because what you've done is not more powerful than the blood of the spotless Lamb of God. No matter how heinous it may be, the blood is is greater. Do you believe the blood is greater than any terrible sin? I want you to just join on, join in. We have a lot of people joining us, you know, by uh, uh, the Cameron, by media. I want you to just receive forgiveness and cleansing right now. I want you to believe in faith that you can get past this. Believe the blood is greater than your sin. Said out loud, Father God, I acknowledge my failures, my mistakes, but I believe your blood is greater than my failure. I receive of the cleansing and washing of the blood of the Lamb, the precious blood of the Lamb. I receive Forgiveness, forgiveness. I receive washing and regenerating by the Holy Spirit. I receive the righteousness of God in the Anointed One. I believe you can still.
do something good with me. Hallelujah. 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 It's the truth. We see it. The, the Bible is full of people who made giant mistakes, but that wasn't the end. God got them through it. God got them over it. And now we speak their name with reverence and respect, forgetting the other, because that's what God does. He said he forgets it. He won't, he won't mention it to you anymore. Look with me in Judges 13, and let's, uh, you know, we prayed a prayer earlier. So we are believing to see faith in these, these pages. In the 13th chapter of Judges, the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. Have we heard that before? <laughs> you know, we, we just read about uh, Jephthah. What happened with all that? Well, he passed off the scene and we don't have the godly leadership. And next thing you know, they're ignoring and forsaking God. They forsook his temple. They built temples and altars to Baal and Ashtoreth and all Chemosh, all those false gods. And they are doing when you read and it says the Lord was angry and the Lord was wroth about it, sometimes people read that and they go, well, you know, that seemed like an overreaction. You don't know what was going on. Part of their worship in some of these, you know, the gods of Moab and some of these things, they burned babies in sacrifice, living humans. They did some of the most abhorrent and, and God says that those are his children. How long would you put up with that? How long would you tolerate stuff like that? But oh, the mercy of God, even after all of these abominations, and when the Bible says abominations, it's not exaggerating. These are abominable, disgusting, twisted, perverted, evil stuff. Even so, when they genuinely repented and asked for God's help, what would he do? He'd hear them. He had mercy. He cared that they're hurting. He cared that they're in trouble. And the way he would help them, he'd raise up a deliverer. He would send them a deliverer. And it happened with, uh, we, we saw, you know, Moses and, and Joshua and Barak and and Gideon, and, and now Jephthah, and here it is again, they need help. And the Bible said the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines 40 years. Why? That's what they picked. They chose to go that way. 40 years is a long time to be crushed and defeated. But it wasn't God's choice. It wasn't God's will. But when they obviously cried out for help, there was a certain man of Zorah of the family of the Danites, that's the tribe of Dan, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren, and bare not. The angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Behold now, you are barren and bearest not, but you shall conceive and bear a son. You know, even though you, you may be a certain way for a long time, that doesn't mean it can't be changed. And it can change so quickly. He said, Now therefore beware, I pray you, drink not wine nor strong drink, Eat not any unclean thing. 
For lo, you shall conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. This is the beginning of miracles. This is the beginning of deliverance for God's people. It's in response, obviously, to their, their repentance and their crying out to him. The baby's not even born yet. Samson's couldn't be a warrior yet, but I, I like to see the beginning of a miracle. I like to see where it started. And it started with their repentance. These great manifestations of God's spirit and power that we'll read about in these next couple of chapters, how did they come to happen? Well, the people repented. The people prayed. God sent his word through his messenger. And here we know why he sent him to this man and woman, because this woman accepted these words and believed them. She went and told her husband, he accepted them and believed them. They respected the Word of God. You can't separate faith, let me say it like this, you can't separate miracles from faith. And you can't separate faith from honor or respect. If you don't, let me ask you this, how does faith come? It comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God or the word of the Christ, by the anointed word. But if you don't respect that word, is faith going to come? It's not. You know, the Bible talks about uh, what we call the parable of the sower, when Jesus taught about the, the word being sown on different types of ground. And the first type, the wayside ground, it said uh, the word was sown, but immediately the fowl of the air came and, and, and you know, ate it up. And if you read uh, the, Jesus explaining it, he said they understood it not, and it was trampled upon, and immediately the enemy came and got it. Why? That word sown on their hearts and minds never got in them. Trampled upon, well, you don't trample upon a seed if you respect it. Can you see that? And since they didn't give it the respect, they never understood it. The devil stole it before it ever got started. So it's key that you respect what God says. It's key that you, you give it a place of honor. And when you do that, you'll look at it, you'll listen to it, you'll meditate on it enough until he can give you understanding of it. And it gets in you and you have faith. And so we see why, you begin to see why he chooses the people he chooses. Because uh, like Mary, when something comes to her that has never happened to anybody on the planet, you'll conceive without a human father. What does she say? Be it unto me. Uh, did she respect that word? It's just a choice to believe. And she did. And the miracle of miracles occurred inside her. Hallelujah. And the master was born. That continues to this day. Say it out loud. I respect the word of God. I esteem the spirit of God, the people of God, the things of God. Hallelujah. The more we do this, didn't he say, those that honor me, I will honor. 
And that's it for our time today. Enjoyed being with you. We'll see you next time here in Faith School. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.